Welcome, friends. I'm your host, Darina Gilmore-Young. And I'm Sean Young, and you're listening to Episode 9 of Walk, Run, Soar, a podcast about the intersection of faith and running. We help runners and walkers who lack purpose with their exercise routine or lack of routine and long to experience God in a more meaningful way while they walk or run. Today, we have the special privilege of interviewing a mentor friend of mine, Joe Saxton. Joe is an author, a speaker, a podcast host herself, and she is a leadership coach. And she has dedicated her career to growing leadership teams around the world. I've had the special privilege of being a part of the Joe Saxton coaching group. I have Joe mentoring me once a week, along with women from all over the world who gather online for her coaching program. And Joe, also is the author of several books. Her most recent book that came out this year is Ready to Rise. Own your voice, gather your community, and step into your influence. And Joe tackles real-life issues that women face, and she provides meaningful wisdom from her own journey, her own leadership, and even stories of women from the Bible. So it is a joy for us to be able to interview Joe today. Stay tuned, and we will get to that interview shortly. Friends, Thank you for tuning into our podcast. We are here to run with you, to pace you, and to inspire you with weekly devotionals, scripture, interviews, and quick coaching tips in about the time it takes you to go for a short run or walk. So pop in your earbuds and listen in. I always like to start each broadcast with a short devotional. We've written a book called Walk, Run, Soar, which includes 52 devotionals, and it's kind of a journey through the year if you're interested in picking it up. Today, I would like to talk to you on the theme of God refreshing our soul. Now, several years ago, I actually started running on the trails here in Central California. It was kind of different after growing up on the track and running through the city neighborhoods of Chicago and then here in Fresno where I live now, but I fell in love with the trails and mostly because when I'm out on the trails, I am experiencing God's glory through creation. Now, one of my favorite places to go is Winchell Cove Trail, which is at Millerton Lake, and it's only about 20 minutes from our house, and this trail has become a place of respite for me, a kind of home away from home. And I started running these trails with a group of my friends that are moms. And, you know, we really were longing for community. We needed to get out of our houses. We needed a short break from our children. (laughs) And so we started running trails. We would meet a lot of times on Saturday mornings. And we would go to places that are here in the Central Valley. Winchell Cove Trail was one of my favorites to go to simply because it was close by, but also because it was a beautiful trail that you could see the different seasons. And so I love going there in the springtime when the hills are just lit up with color and wildflowers. I actually enjoy going there in the winter time when the rains are coming. And even if it's not raining, just the mountains 
mountains, the hills that are undulating with this beautiful green color and the sparkly water of Millerton Lake that especially is showcased during the winter season. I don't run there as much in the summer simply because it's pretty hot and rattlesnakes come out in the summer, but it's still one of my favorite places to share with friends. We call ourselves the Go Mama Runners. So we're kind of this crazy mix of women who like to walk and run. Some of us jog or slog. We're all at different paces. Basically, what we like to do is to use this time to connect with each other in community and to look for glimpses of God's glory as we run. Now, one of my favorite Psalms that I remember having to memorize when I was a kid, maybe some of you did too, is Psalm 23. And whenever I think about Psalm 23, I think about that trail at Winchell Cove. It says, he leads me beside the still waters or the quiet waters, and he refreshes my soul. And I find that I start to get into this posture of worship as I am running on the trails. I read a a study actually one time that said that just 10 minutes of walking in nature can help to boost your mood, reduce stress and anxiety, and even help with schoolwork. And when I read that, I was like, that is so true. It's been a game changer in my life. When I'm out on the trail, God does something. He ministers to my soul through the sound of the water, through the cadence of my feet hitting the trail or the dirt, and my mood tends to shift. It turns to lifting. My heart, if it's heavy with grief or worry, it often just begins to change. There's a hopefulness that I find when I'm out on those runs. And I just love to drink in the sounds and the sights of God's creation and to feel the comfort that he offers for me out on those trails. Not every trail run is perfect, and some of them are really hard, but I do find that God refreshes my soul. He guides me. And as it says in Psalm 23, the Lord is our shepherd. He is our guide. When we follow him down life's trails, our souls are restored or renewed. So running or walking then becomes a kind of self-care, or I like to use the phrase soul care. He shows us the path both physically and emotionally and mentally as well. And so then we can step forward in whatever we're facing in our life. I love to go out to Winchell Cove Trail, and that is certainly the place where God assures me when I'm running that he is leading me. So friend, I just want to challenge you today. If you live near maybe a trail or a path, maybe it's a lake, maybe there's some other body of water or a place where you could get a great view to take a little time to walk or to run this week and to jot down a few pictures of the beautiful things that you see along the way. You can make a list or if you're an artist, maybe you can draw a couple of those, but use your five senses, your sight, your sound, your smell, your texture, all of those things come into play in calming our souls. So that's my challenge for you this week.
Today, our special guest is Joe Saxton. Joe is an author, a speaker, she's a podcast host, and a leadership coach. And she has dedicated her career to growing leadership teams around the world and empowering women to find their purpose in both their personal lives and in leadership. She was born in London to parents who immigrated from Nigeria. Joe recently just released a new book called Ready to Rise. I have my shirt on today. <laughs> and this is a wonderful book about owning your voice, gathering your community, stepping into your influence. I actually just read the book with a small book club here in Fresno, and it's a wonderful guide, especially for women leaders and a great example of Joe's wisdom. I've had the special privilege of getting to know Joe this year through her coaching program, which is the Joe Saxton Coaching Program. We meet together once a week now. Joe is a voice in my life for sure, an influence. We gather monthly online and there are women from all around the world who are part of that coaching program. So I'm delighted to have Joe Saxton as our guest today. I'd love to just have you talk a little bit, Joe, about your family, where you live and what fills your days. We live in um, Minnesota in the Twin Cities, kind of the suburbs of the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. I have two teenage girls an eighth grader and a sophomore. I'm married to Chris. He's in tech. I think that's what he does. It's kind of too late to ask. <laughs> <laughs> He's told me before and I'm like, okay. And then, Kyle and I. <laughs> that's excellent. And, and, um, and we have a dog who is wondering why we are all in the house and don't want to pay him attention. He needs a run as well, huh? <laughs> oh my gosh. He, he's a runner, but not in any way that any of us are happy with. If the door's open, he goes up the street to the neighbor's house, goes through the cat flap and eats the dog's food. It's oh no. Terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. He's that dog. That dog. That's uh, classic. I love it. A dog with a neighborhood reputation. <laughs> Already. So soon. So much. So Joe, tell us, how did you get started running? Um, I was always pretty sporty at school in terms of okay. team sports and loved it. But I don't think I actually got into running until I was 30. I did sprinting when I was, when I was like middle school. I, I, oh. I did a bit of that, like 200 meters and things like that. But I never thought I could run any distances. And so by the time you're older and you're not in a kind of club or anything, sprinting doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah, you're going to go out and run 200 meters in the the local neighborhood and then be like okay I'm done Um, (laughs) it would be really weird Um, so I just thought I'm not a runner and actually when I got married my husband he's very active and he was a mountain biker but he also ran and um, he said oh let's go for runs and I thought yay that sounds like an excellent idea and I just remember thinking I just want to do something so I tried it then and um, he stopped he actually stopped, can I just say that? <laughs> he stopped and I just carried on because I just found it. It was like locking into something I didn't realize I'd love. Hmm. So he abandoned you and you yes. found your calling to running. That's exactly how it is. And I like that word abandonment there. Let's keep that in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. Throwing him under the bus. Uh. Absolutely. Well, I know that one of the things that you talk about a lot, especially in leadership training, and I've heard you speak several times, is you talk about this importance of self-care and soul care, mm-hmm. and especially for leaders, but for all of us. So I'm yeah. curious how running, has provided that kind of self-care or soul care for you? 
Yeah, I mean, I think probably because I got into it in my 30s, I was at the stage of life where I had um, two girls like 17 months apart planned. I just had no idea what I was planning. Initially, it was a way of losing the baby weight. I think then I remember with my second daughter, I had postpartum depression for a while. And I remember the doctor recommending some form of exercise. Mm. And so it was part of that. But and so I think those were the times when I where I, I kind of did it first and then realized the soul care and self-care benefits. For sure. And it was just a way to be. I, I can't describe it. And th- th- there's nothing else that makes me feel the same way as running does. Whether it's a good run or a bad run, um, <laughs> there's just something in terms of channeling my emotions, my frustrations, my anxieties. They go, they run and somehow in the run, I leave them behind and I go back home. I can relate to that for sure. Very similar for me that I did. I wasn't aware that running was kind of a soul care practice mm-hmm. until more recently, yeah. but I've been running for lots of years. And so what inspires you to keep on running? I mean, you were running in Minneapolis area. I know it gets cold there during the winter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the weird thing was when I really, uh, we've lived in a few parts of the state. So initially we lived in Arizona. So we had the other extreme wow. of... There was, there was um, a trail that was ran down in the middle of Phoenix. There is like the road central and there's a trail at a part of central, yeah. which is a dust part and it's shaded. And you had to get there really early in the morning because all the runners were there because it's the only place where you're not going to burn. Uh, and I think what motivated me was, I think the emotional benefit actually motivated me. And way past the chapter of postpartum depression, I think it was just this space where I could be by myself where mm. I just felt so invigorated where I can, it was my place of thinking time yeah, and no, it was my prayer space. It was my mental list space. And so I think it just eventually became integrated into my life. And so when I lived in Arizona, it was getting up really early and running in the summer. <laughs> it was terrible. I would have the backpack, the camel back to just to have an ounce of water. And then <laughs> We lived in California for a while and by the beach. And that was like idyllic hey. running. Oh, yeah. Idyllic. Beautiful. I mean, best temperatures. I'd run on the beach. I'd, it was just amazing. And, and so by the time I got to Minneapolis, again, it was a whatever's going on. Running somehow is part of it. One way is part of it. And so even, I think they say about Minneapolis, like there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. Do you know what I mean? Right, (laughs) right, yes. And and so you just learn to dress. I mean, I actually believe there is such a thing as bad weather as well, but (laughs) you dress accordingly. And I think because by the time I moved here, it was so integrated into my way of being. If I wanted to think about something, I'd go for a run. If I wanted some space, I'd go for a run. You know, sometimes even with raising the kids, you know, you want to you wanna deal with something. And I'm like, I'm not sure this is the best way to deal with it. I would run first mm. I, um, just as a way of like, let's just make sure I'm just not bringing all the energy that doesn't need to be there to this conversation. Yes. Yeah. You know? oh, so good. Yeah. And, and, and also, and then there are the views as well. You know, I think like he in... When I was in California, I was near the ocean. Here, I'm by lakes all the time, and it's just a beautiful space to be. So I think that's just a a refuel to the scenery. 
Well, I have been following you on Instagram for several years, and I know periodically I see these photos of the lakes and the beautiful places that you run there. And one of the things I talk about in my new devotional book, Walk, Run, Soar, is I talk about being a glory chaser. And this is an idea that has kind of followed me through the last several years that when I go out to run, that I'm looking for God's glory. So not chasing after my own glory, but looking at at what God might show me, whether it's through creation or even kind of as you're talking about, maybe a little bit of enlightenment as far as a decision that I need to make or calming my spirit a little bit if I'm frustrated with something. And so I'm wondering if you have had any experiences like that Maybe there's a favorite place you like to run in Minnesota or even somewhere else that you've lived. I didn't realize you live so many places, but where have you experienced God's glory in that way? Oh, I would probably say in each of the places there's been somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's been some space. I think there is, I mean, there is something about water, isn't there? There's something about being by the water that just fills your perspective and gives you a bigger picture. And so I remember, I remembered, I, I remember there was one time, even here running by the lakes, there's a particular lake in, in our neighborhood. And I, was, and I was actually part of a running club at that point, but sometimes we break up and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I re- just was running, it was morning and it was summer and it was stunning. And I think I probably wept because I just thought I'd, I'd forgotten how much I needed this. Oh, I'd yes. forgotten how much I needed mm-hmm. the, the refueling. And it was, it was just the beginning of a conversation of, yes, you do need to make time for yourself. Yes, you do need space for your soul. Yes, you are a mother, you are a wife, you are a professional, you are all of these things, but you're you. And this mm-hmm. is fundamental for you. Having space like this, having room to see something bigger than yourself is integral to your well-being. And to be honest, it can be any of the lakes, but I think that particular one mm-hmm. was just, it was quiet and, you know, the mist yeah. is kind of off the lake and the ducks <laughs> are doing the right things and the geese aren't coming for you. So, <laughs> <laughs> they're, not like, they're not protecting them, um, their babies from you or anything. And it was, it was just one of the, that stillness that you don't mm-hmm. often catch, you know, you get back, you, you get back and somebody needs breakfast and you're getting on with everything. To have that moment mm-hmm. of stillness was healing in itself as well as a catalyst for remembering how I needed to build my life. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I love that. And I love how you articulated it too. We have three daughters and they are ages eight, 11, and 14. So I'm a girl mama as well. Shout out to the girl moms raising strong girls. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And this strong mama also needed to have a bit of a break (laughs) at times, but that's where God really met me in that kind of stillness that you're talking about. And I just Mm -hmm. couldn't get it anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So I can relate to that so much. So, Joe, you seem like a very goal-oriented person. I mean, you're a leadership coach. I'm sure you talk a lot about goal setting. How does that play out in your running? Do you have any type of structure to it? Do you have certain goals you make for your running? I have phases. I think because sometimes I can be too goal-structured. I think when I was in Arizona and the kids were younger, I decided I'd see if I could do a half marathon. I'd just see. Yeah. And so that was the goal. Can you do it? And every block, every mile was marked by one of the roads changing. So I thought, okay, if I can run this far, I can get it done. And so there are, there are seasons when I've kind of, and like when we moved here, that we'd had a particularly challenging year professionally. Mm. And some of it was, I just need to run again, but I know I can't just, you know, 
walk, run and pretend I'm running. I knew emotionally I needed to have some focus. So I set myself the goal in the light of that. It was almost like running towards freedom and the half marathon was like doing that was part of it. So sometimes I set myself a goal in that respect. But this year, probably because this year has been so deconstructed in every <laughs> single possible yeah. way. Yes, I kind of, to that. I went away from the goals because, and, and yeah. probably because, and maybe to be honest, maybe it was some of the disappointment of other goals not being met. Mm. And I, and I knew I needed to live in the moment. Yeah. I knew that this year for me was about being in the moment and not accomplishing something. And in some ways my get up and go had get up and had got up and gone <laughs> in, in, in so many ways yeah. this year that I was like, I just needed to be present and not think of the time and not sure. think of the distance, but just show up even if it's imperfect. And I, and in many ways that's been the goal just to keep on getting myself out there. Yeah. So it's been a different one. And I, and I don't think I've run as well as I have in previous years, to be mm. honest. I don't think I've certainly not run as far, but it, but I have enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it's It's been a kind of thankfulness thing for me. In, mm. Like I've run and then I've stopped and maybe sat on a bench and watched the ducks do the thing and run around a different area and run around a different neighborhood. And I've just come back so thankful that I have my body. It's something mm. I've taken for granted that I've got the health, that I've, that I've got the mobility to be able to do these things. So whilst it's not been the same kind of distance and miles and times, it's been incredibly fulfilling in this moment. Mm. I oh, love yeah. that. Yeah, that's wonderful. I know that just as a coach, you know, oftentimes I'm creating training schedules for other runners. And, you know, there's a season where you do want to be structured, you do want to set goals. But then after that, you really need to take a break mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you just need a break and just, you know, go as you please. And if it comes to you, it comes to you. And, you know, I think that's, I think that's wonderful. You know, it's been good for me. (laughs) What kind of advice would you give to someone who has a desire to start, you know, some sort of practice of exercise to start Mm -hmm. running, but they're not really sure how Mm -hmm. to get started maybe even if you want to cast it in the leadership light, it's a leader who's stressed out and knows her body needs something. What would you tell her? I would ask her first, does she need, is what she needs community or time on her own? Mm. Because I think I would have, I don't think I'd have ever started running. Like I've been running for over a decade before I joined a running club. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would have done it, you know, to be honest, I think I'd have been too competitive. I think I would have felt too inadequate and all these other things. Although I love absolutely adore every woman in the running club but I think what was going on in me at the time yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do it I'd have I would have just compared myself so I think my first question to that person would be do you need people or do you need to be alone mm, good nuance yeah for this moment for because we want we want them to sustain it <laughs> yeah, we want yeah. them to keep going um if if you need to be alone then I would and I, and I, I would probably, I like, I did remember that I loved the sprinting, like when I did it, and so I thought, okay, well, let's just see if I can put one foot in front of the other for more than a sprint and try a different thing. I'd probably suggest to them, hey, you might feel it might feel a bit humbling. <laughs> I'm just saying, just it might feel humbling. It just, you know, yeah. it might be a little out of your box. Real talk. Yeah. Um, just to be sure, um, because if you, particularly if you're a leader, you're good at achieving things or you want to achieve something, and mm-hmm. and so I want to kind of take off all the kind of like, I'm going to be awesome. I'm going to be amazing. And I'm like, no, 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 you're going to sweat. You're going to smell. It's going to feel weird. You know? It's going to hurt. But I, but I promise you it's going to be yeah. good for you. 
and then I would I would just say you know what I love even about your book that it is that starts with walking do you know what I mean and I might say take a walk or two walk around where you want to see and like is there architecture you want to walk past and and things like that I think that would be the first practice first thing I'd say start small but then if you are the kind of person who needs a goal to once you've kind of bought the cute shoes and bought the outfit and tried a thing, <laughs> then I'd say, okay, set yourself a goal, which is just out, which feels just beyond what you can do right now. Yeah. And, That's uh, really good. I love that nuance too, that you ask somebody to think about what is it that they need first? Cause it could yeah. be that community piece or it could be that yeah. solitude piece. And sometimes people start off just thinking, okay, well, I want to lose weight. I want to, you know, deal yeah. with these calories, but yeah. it comes from that deeper need like you were talking about. That's so good. So when you're running, do you ever listen to like music or podcasts or audio books oh. or scripture? What's in your playlist? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. This is my favorite question. Um, <laughs> I Secret sauce. We want to know. <laughs> yeah. I listen to podcast it depends on the mood but mainly podcasts podcasts okay. mainly okay. podcasts how i built this is probably the one that i have listened Quite to good. most consistently by um npr guy Raz, and hearing the stories of all these different leaders and i did it for two reasons one i wanted to learn and also i wanted to not think of the pain i was in right. you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the discomfort you know like the early days as well of riding, distraction like, distract yeah, yourself and i needed to think through I needed to think past it and just something that take me off it. And that was just really good for it. So yeah, I love listening to podcasts, leadership podcasts. Sometimes there was, and again, it, often it's dependent on the chapter of life I'm in. Mm-hmm. One time when I was, when I was running and it was a particularly tough era here mm-hmm. in Minneapolis, I listened to sermons and sometimes I'd listen to the same one. I'd break down in tears, breathe, carry on kind of thing. Kind of thing. <laughs> and one talk and it, and it was a pastor and he kept saying, your calling is calling. And it was at a time when I'd wanted to give up everything. I, I must've listened to that sermon 10 times. Yeah. And that, because I just needed to get it in me in some way. When it's music, it's the weird thing about when I'm listening to music, it tends not to be music I listen to normally. Okay. I don't know why that is. When I'm running, I listen to pop music. Okay. Like, yeah. and yeah. probably because the pacing and everything is just like, yeah. it'll keep me going yeah. and it's fun. And then I'm singing very loudly down the street and God bless the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> that are used to me by now. If there's a, yeah, I, I love, I, I do love that interplay. I love the interplay of engaging your body and your mind and your soul. And I think there is a physicality to spirituality. I think there, and there's, yes. and there's a physicality to our living and our being. And so I, I genuinely feel it helps my learning. It helps my learning to be on the move. It helps my, helps mm-hmm. my prayer life to be physical. It helps me, it, it helps me with total honesty. Mm-hmm. I, I can't describe it in any other way, but there's a total honesty because as you, as you know better than I do, it's such a humbling thing sometimes. Like, sure. you know, you could have yeah. been, like, the days when you just have a terrible run and you're just like, I don't know what happened. Uh, <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, I don't know how I got here, but I, Oh, yeah. but I We've think the, to- <laughs> the totality of it. Yeah. <laughs> I know the sad thing is, and you know, you're going to be there again. And I'm like, why? <laughs> but the totality of it, mm. I find real helpful to engage the mind, the body, um, the heart all at once. 
Well, one of the reasons why we started this podcast is we wanted to venture into some of these conversations about the intersection between Mm. running and faith. And really, you're already answering this question, but I'm wondering for you, what does that look like? How are running and faith intertwined? How are they connected in your life? I I mean, it's integral now. I kind of, for me, it's kind of like, it is a, like you described, it's a practice. It's a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. It's a devotional practice. And I can say that there have been battles won and lost on my runs. Mm-hmm. They really have. They have, I, in fact, I, I can, I, just as I think about it, I keep on referring to a difficult time I'd had in here in Minneapolis. And there was one particular run I did and I was run and I ran past the location, which represented so many of the things that had been a struggle. And it was this kind of like, like that Robert Frost poem, you know, two roads diverge on a yellow wood. And it's like, which way are you going to run? I mean, it literally was, you can run in that direction and be consumed by the pain and the process and justify yourself. You can run that direction and run towards your future. You do not have energy for both. Mm. So the running, like the steps I took were my response to God. Were, my, were part of my prayer of saying, I'm running towards and clearly in agony and tentatively and slowly and awkwardly, I'm running towards the future. Yeah, it's, I think it has been that place of surrender. It's been that place of dreaming and ideating. I can't, I can't, Im- I, I don't know that my faith operates that as well without it now, which is, which can get problematic in the winters here because it gets <laughs> so cold. You're like, Lord, I'd love to pray, but can we do this somewhere else? <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think it has been that connecting space because I think because it's so total, it's like when it becomes a place of surrender, it is literally surrendering every single part of me. Mm. Yeah, that's a beautiful visual too. And mm-hmm. I think about how much of the Bible talks about just faith and the running journey yeah. and relating mm-hmm. it to life. Totally. I mean, I'm convinced that Paul was, you know, a marathoner or yeah, a triathlete of some Thank sort, you. right? I have felt this too. <laughs> so, yes. We just keep going back to all mm-hmm. the running metaphors that he shares in scripture. And, and honestly, in the devotional, quite a bit is through yeah. Paul's letters because yeah. of that. Um, but I love that word picture that you gave us of the two roads that diverged in the wood and how you had to make that decision that has definitely been something I've thought through. I like to run on trails and, you know, kind of going through the hills a little bit, but I've often come to that fork in the road and thought, okay, what are you inviting me into God? Yeah. What is this about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. Joe, how can our listeners support you and connect with you? What are some oh. ways? Of- yeah. Well, beyond praying that I survive the trails, um, <laughs> yeah, love to hang out on Instagram. So they can like on all the on all the socials, whether it's Twitter, oh, Twitter, I'm slightly scared of, but of all, of all the others, it's just at Joe Saxton. Like you guys, I write, so you can check out book Ready to Rise. I coach if you are a woman in leadership trying to work out how you intersect faith and leadership and all of that, you can come and join. There's a 30-day free trial. So you just go to joesaxton.com and, and try it out. I like experiments because if it's not a fit, then it's fine. Nothing's lost. But yeah, any of those ways, I, I just love to connect with people. So yeah, it's fun. Okay, so I have a bonus question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a quick <laughs> rapid fire here. What is the meal that you like to eat when you've come home from a long run? Like what's that thing that you crave when you're running? I mean, to be honest, just food in general. Um, <laughs> it, does, 
I do love, I, one of the things I do love about America, breakfasts. I think one of, long before I lived here, I've always been a fan of the American breakfast. So something <laughs> that involved eggs and bacon. Oh yeah. Maybe a waffle here and there. <laughs> maybe a bagel. Again, all at once. That, that will make me happy. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll send that Fantastic. little message to your teenage daughters. This is how to make mom happy when she Would gets you? home. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you again. This has been so fun just to kind of dish a little bit about running and about faith and to hear your heart and even some of those deeper reflections about it. Friends, I like I said at the top, I have been a part of Joe's coaching program. I really encourage you if you're a woman in leadership to check out that coaching program. I didn't know there was a 30 day trial. That's totally worth it. So you can see if you're interested. And I definitely think that it's worth the investment. Joe, we just want to say thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. This week's coaching tip is to vary your workouts. To keep things interesting and fresh, you want to sometimes run hills and sometimes run the flats. You may want to try to run your normal route, but in reverse direction. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're likely going to get the same results and get yourself into a rut. But if you keep things fresh and exciting, you'll just have so much more fun with your workouts and your running that you'll want to keep doing it. So the tip of the week is to do something new with your training. And before we close, I'd love to share a little bit more about our new book, Walk, Run, Soar, which is a 52-week devotional and training journal. The concept of this book is that you would make your exercise, your running, or your walking something more meaningful, that it would be a place that you could meet with God. Whether you are pounding the pavement or traversing the trails, Walk, Run, Soar is really designed to get you moving, but with a new motivation, something different knowing Jesus more every step of the way. And so we wrote this book for you. It includes training plans and reflection questions and even some space for journaling. And we hope that you will check out Walk, Run, Soar if you would like to get a little bit more of what we've been talking about here on the podcast. And don't forget to join our free Glory Chasers Christian Running Group Facebook community. We offer up coaching, courage, and community in that space. We love connecting with runners and walkers from across the globe. And one more thing, we would like to invite you to subscribe to our weekly Glory Gram newsletter. The Glory Gram is a place where I share an inspirational story from real time, my real life, and I love to share recommendations for great books and videos, music. Sean gives running tips, and we often have some bonus kind of special giveaways or deals that we offer just to people who are on the Glory Gram list. So we encourage you to sign up for that. It's at DarinaGilmore.com and you can subscribe there. So thanks friends for joining us today. This was episode nine of Walk, Run, Soar, the podcast. And this is a place where we talk about the intersection of running and faith. 
So don't forget to subscribe to the Glorygram and also to the podcast. If you leave us a review, this actually helps other people find our podcast and we are so deeply appreciative. Blessings to you on this day.